Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. It's an interesting dichotomy that we have this power and authority from Jesus Christ. We have the power of God behind us when we believe and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior and we give ourselves up to him. The other side of it is that we're humans, and humans are fraught with problems. We doubt, we fear, we, we, we don't like change, we want things our way, we want to have it all, uh, we want to choose, uh, we're selfish. I loved that, that uh, video on the kids. No, we have to teach our children to be different than humans. We have to teach them to love Jesus and then live and act like Jesus showed us when he was on the earth with us in, in human flesh. That's our example And it's so marvelous that not only did he give us the example of his life, but he gave us the book. He gave us the Holy Bible that we should know about such things. And the Apostle John wrote down, we're we're still in that series of the Apostle John, and one of the most special uh, passages for me from John is found in John 14. It's just a short passage, 1 through 6, maybe including 7. But there, Jesus was talking with his disciples, and they were distraught. They were afraid, and they were doubting because he had just told them he was going to be going away, and that they couldn't come. And they thought, as you and I might think, if we're not keeping our eyes on Jesus, they thought, well, then it would all be over. Fear and doubt and mistrust. And in that context of fear and doubt and mistrust and an overwhelming desire to stay with Jesus, and to go with Jesus, no matter where he went or whatever he did, Peter even says, I'll die for you. In that context, Jesus says this, let not your hearts be troubled. So what does that say? Well, their hearts were troubled, deeply Deeply troubled. And Jesus said, don't do that. Believe in God, believe also in me. In some texts, you will see it says, you believe in God. There's two ways to deal with that passage in the Greek. It's either a statement, you believe in God, therefore also believe in me. Or it's a command. And that's what 
I'm reading when I read the uh, English Standard Version. I've read, I, I think I've told you before, I believe Christians ought to read several translations as they go through their lives. About every five years or so, I change my translation and I use my, my personal Bible as a, a new translation. Therefore, I get, you know, a, a, a greater depth of understanding uh, from the scholarship that goes into writing these texts and stuff like that. Now, now I'm in the English Standard Version, and it translates those Greek passages as a command. Jesus commands them to believe in God. You cannot do away with the fear and the doubt and all of that without faith and trust in God. You can't do it on your own. It's impossible because you're a human, and the only way to get out of the human condition is to get into the spiritual Christian condition. That only comes with faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God the Father and Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, the Father's house is a euphemism for heaven. So what he's saying is in heaven, right? But to keep the illustration going, he says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? So Jesus is saying, believe me. There's room enough for all whom I have called. There's room enough for everybody that the Father has given me. Rooms were a commodity back then. It was difficult to have rooms that some have translated uh, mansions. There are many mansions in my Father's house. These are uh, good, good places. Not that Jesus is even talking about a place. Not that we're going to go to heaven and somehow get stuck into a little cubicle and, well, there you are. Enjoy. That's not the idea at all. It's that illustration about the Father is in charge of the house. It is His house. It all runs according to the way the Father wants it run. And Jesus has been with his disciples to show them what the Father's like. And you and me to show us who the Father is. So that we will understand before we even get there about love and care and protection and provision and all of that that God wants to bestow upon us. And he has. He has already bestowed much on us all. Praise God, but it doesn't stop there. In fact, you know the the tip of the iceberg metaphor, where most of the iceberg is underwater, the only thing that you see is a small portion above the water, let me tell you. The iceberg that God wants to bestow upon us is massive. 
And we have only seen a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of it. Just wait. Oh, brothers and sisters, dear ones, just wait. We've seen nothing. We absolutely have seen nothing of of what is coming. The fantastic, wow, We, we don't have words. We don't have words, and we don't have a concept of the love the Father is going to lavish on us when we meet Jesus in the air. But we know it's coming. And we know it's coming, and we should be excited and expectant. That should cause us to live our lives a little bit differently than the world. To conquer a little bit of the fear. To conquer a little bit of the doubt. To desire, desire not so much the things of the earth, but the things of heaven. Where we're going. The Father's house. Desire in Jesus' words to store up treasures in heaven. To put our thoughts and our, our minds there in our hands to work in the world here on earth to lead others to desire and want to have fellowship with Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. How many of you, raise your hands, how many of you think Jesus can do a good job? All right, all right, that's been established. It's Jesus that's going to prepare the place for you. How good a job is he going to do? He knows you. Well, he made you. He loves you. He died for you. He didn't withhold a a single thing for you. And it's Jesus that prepares your place. I want that. Talk about want and desire. I want that place. I want to know what Jesus has done for me in a way that is beyond human capability. I want to live in where Jesus is with all of the sparklies and all of the, the, the wonderful things that we're going to experience. Don't think that heaven is just a cessation of everything. And just a sitting down. God is tremendously variable. He loves to work. He loves to do work. He created work. He's going to do more work. And here's the neatest thing of all. We're going to get to be part of it. I'm sure. I could be wrong. But I am sure that I am going to get to be part of whatever God does next after the end of this time. And it's going to be marvelous forever and forever and forever. I think that is pretty cool. I will come again. We know about Jesus' second coming. Are we waiting for it? 
Are we expecting it? It could come today. This afternoon, the Father might stand in heaven and the trumpets be blown and Jesus be seen by everybody in the world all at the same time. All impediments to sight will be blown away and we will see Jesus Christ coming on the clouds with, the, with, with all of the angels, the host of heaven, and we will start to rise. Immediately we will see that the, the people that have gone before us will be joined again with a special body and will rise up just ever so slightly before us and then we ourselves will take off. And we will meet him in the air, and that's the way we will be forever and ever, ever. And we will be changed. We'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. This body, this body with all of its problems and all of its ills, and this mind that is associated with the world will be done away with, and we will be purified, made righteous to live in the Father's house. How marvelous, how wonderful. We sang that. That may be some of the best words we have to explain how we ought to think about what's coming our way. I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am you may be also. And then cryptically, he says in verse 4, and you know the way to where I am going. Leave it up to Thomas. Good old Thomas. Love that guy. Very much like Thomas myself. He says, we do not know where you are going. We do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus had been living with them for three years. That's how the rabbis did it back then. You actually lived with your mentor, your rabbi, your teacher. And he had been teaching them all the way along, and he had been doing miracles and all sorts of wonders and stuff so that, so that they would believe him. When he says this very thing, he says two things that it all is supposed to cause their minds and their hearts and their spirits to check in with. And one is, I'm coming back to get you to live with me forever and ever and ever. And number two is, go out and tell people that. Jesus said to Thomas and the other disciples, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the way. What way? Well, he showed us in his life the way we were to live. Caring for others, having humility, 
taking risks, having courage, and speaking the gospel at every turn. Jesus is the truth. This word he gave us is the truth. There is no other God. There is no other religion. There is no other way of life. There is no other end than what God has said. The true living God. And there are many, many errors. There are many, many wannabes. I love in Isaiah where God has said, there's no other God I know because I looked around. Read it. What is it? What is it? 40, 41, which is it? Somebody says, I looked around and I didn't see any other gods. There is only me. Jesus says there is no other way. There is only my way. I'm the way to get to the Father's house. Believe in God. Believe in me, he said. I am the truth. He told his disciples, if somebody tells you that I'm out there or I'm over there, don't believe it because you're going to see me yourself when I come back. Don't trust any other word but that which I give you. And I am the life. If you really want to have life, trust me, I've tried it. I've tried the world. I was an atheist for 28 years of my life. I was an atheist scientist. That's about as bad as it gets. That's about as far from God as it gets. I was convinced that with enough money and enough time, we could create life in a test tube. God used a very special way to cause my heart and mind to change. He hit me right over the head with a tuba fork. No, he crashed me in an airplane, and on the way down, I recognized God existed. There is no life. There's existence, but there is no life in this world. This world cannot give you life. This world can only sap your strength It can take away all of your belongings and it leaves you with nothing but there is life in Jesus Christ. If you want life, then turn your back on the world and face directly into Jesus' face and you will find life. And by that I mean believe in God, believe also in Jesus Christ. It is a marvelous, unexplainable wonder that we get to have everlasting life. 
and that we get to have it with Jesus. He says in verse 7, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. For now on you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Jesus. We have one God, Father, Son, and Spirit. We are to trust him. We are to believe in him. We are not to fear the earth or the devil or anything else. We are to put our reverent fear towards our God based on his majesty and power and authority. And we are to walk his way, believe his word, and live his life. Let's do that. Pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, we admit today that, that we're sinful in that we move away from you many, many times and at many opportunities in our lives. Call us back. Forgive us our sin. Restore us to a right relationship with you daily, moment by moment, so that we can not have fear, so that we can have great faith and trust in you, and so that we can be usable in the kingdom of God on earth. That we can be used to spread the good news, the gospel. That everlasting life is there for those whom God has called. Let us be part of this marvelous ministry all our lives. And we will give you praise and glory and thanks in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.